Good morning, everyone. It just feels like Christmas outside, doesn't it? Even though we're two weeks away. Did it actually feel like Christmas before the movie White Christmas? Do you know what I'm saying? Did we actually sing? I'm dreaming of a... Did we sing that before the movie? Did Christmas... Was Christmas better when there's snow? It is. I don't know why that reason. You know, we have... We have so many of these uh, things as it relates to Christmas that we don't know why we have them. Snow on Christmas just makes Christmas better. The giving of gifts, the, the putting up of a tree and all of these things. And when we think about Christmas traditions, again, we celebrate them without really asking any questions. And, you know, sometimes people are suspect of the things um, in and around Christmas time. You know, Christians are, are nervous sometimes about Santa Claus because they think Santa is like Satan. You know that that's not true. <laughs> that the, the word Santa Claus actually comes from Sinterklaas or Saint Nicholas. Santa Claus is a short version of that. Now, the red and the white, you know, do you know why Santa Claus wears red and white? Because Coca-Cola. That <laughs> there was a, a famous ad campaign with him, and then ever since uh, the Coca-Cola ads, um, Santa Claus wears red and white. But before the Coke campaign, and did you know Coke used to have cocaine in it? We're just getting off track this morning. I'm not talking about that. <laughs> but before the Coca-Cola ad campaign, the the tradition as it relates to Santa Claus and the giving of gifts. Um, actually traces back to a guy named St. Nicholas in the third century that he had very wealthy parents and his parents actually died in an epidemic. And then they had trained him up in the ways of following Jesus and the ways of Christianity. So after his parents passed away, he started the tradition of giving gifts, especially to children and those in need. And so he would go around and he was famous for dropping off packages at night for people and not knowing who those gifts would come from. And all of the traditions that we have in and around Christmas actually started in that time. And then another amazing thing that you may or may not know, did you know that Jesus wasn't actually born on December 25th? I hope nobody's shocked by that information. Do you know when Jesus was actually born? No. None of us do. We don't actually have Jesus' birth date. But, you know, the, tradi- the church started this tradition early on. Um, what century do we have here? Uh, I think in the third or no, the fourth century that the, the church, when there was a pagan holiday being celebrated because, you know, after December 21st, the, the sun starts to come out again. And then, so the church thought it would be a great time in and around this season to celebrate, oh, the reemergence of the sun, that the light is being brought to the earth again. And so the church thought, this is a great time to celebrate Jesus coming to the earth. You know, and some people are really nervous about that idea, but you know, that's a good thing. Are you here this morning? That's actually a good tradition for us to celebrate the advent, the arrival. Even though we don't know Jesus' exact birth date, it's a great tradition for us just to remember, oh my goodness, Jesus is coming to the earth. And then all of these other things that we celebrate culturally actually have most of its source in Christianity. Again, the giving of gifts, the, the magi, they gave gifts to Jesus. And so we give gifts to each other. 
But again, all of these traditions, sometimes we don't know where they came from. But when we look back and we can source so many of the things, and it's true actually in Canada as well. Do you know the reason why we have hospitals is because of Christianity? Did you know that? It's a really good thing to know. Taking care of people who aren't your family is kind of a Christian thing to do. And so the reason we have hospitals is because of Christianity. Again, we're giving all the extra facts. Let's start with the scripture this morning, Matthew chapter 1, verse 28. Here the story of Jesus. It says, this is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother, Mary, was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. Joseph was a good guy. Verse 20, but after he had considered this, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said to him, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. The the virgin birth, that Jesus' birth came from God. Verse 21, "She she will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. This name that was given to Jesus was so important. The name Jesus, Jesus or Yeshua or Joshua really just means God or Yahweh saves. And so the coming of Jesus and the importance of naming him him that is so that we would have this understanding about who God is. Then when God shows up, the advent, the arrival of God in the earth, what we celebrate in church tradition in December, reminds us of this fact that God is a saving God. What is the character and nature of God like? Is he angry and mean and hateful and he just wants to get everybody and he has a big stick and anytime you make a mistake, he's just gonna smash you with it? Or is the revelation of Jesus coming this, that his name is Yahweh saves, God saves, the incarnate son of God. And all of the deliverers, And the judges and the heroes of the Old Testament are all pointing to the fact that there is a coming Messiah and he will save us. And then we, as we look back at those Old Testament stories, they're all types and shadows of Jesus coming, that Moses delivering the children of Israel out of Egyptian bondage, out of this picture of the world, this picture of sin taking them out of this place of death and taking them to the promised land all points to the fact that Jesus is coming and we are to believe in his name. Now, when we, when we look at, at Jesus' life again, we remember that he didn't just stay in the manger, that he, he grew up and the gospel of John gives us these great seven I am statements. And these I am statements, the purpose of the gospel of John, one of the purposes of the gospel of John is that we would actually believe that Jesus is the son of God. And so we have these seven great I am statements in the gospel of John that remind us and show us of the fact, going back to Moses, that when God spoke to Moses out of the burning bush, you know, Moses said, as he was going to be the deliverer of the children of Israel, and he asked the question, um, to God, it's like, who, who shall I say sent me? And then God answered back from the burning bush, tell him I am sent you. 
I am that I am, that God just is the reality comes from God. And so these I am statements that we see in the gospel of John show us the deity of Christ, that he is the son of God. But the sixth one is one of the most famous ones and it's found here in John chapter 14, verse six. And it says this, Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Jesus makes this great bold statement. He says, I, Jesus, I am the way and the truth and the life. And then he says, no one comes to the father except through me. Now, you know, some people think this is a, you know, a difficult statement, an exclusive statement that, that, God, that Jesus is the way to God. Now, if we think about communicating with somebody Today, simply put, you know, if you, if you generally speaking, if you want to get a hold of somebody, you know, if they're on Instagram, you can DM them some description or some sort of social media. But ultimately, if you want to connect with somebody today, you need to know their cell number, right? Now, if someone were to give you their cell number and say, here's how you connect with me, and you were to say, you know what, I'm going to need other options. And then like, this, this is the way, these numbers are the way for you to be in a relationship with me. And we're like, no, 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 that's too mean. That's too mean of a statement for you to say, this is the only way for you to connect with me. It's like, no, this is, just, this is just the way. This is the way to connect with me. And this is what God is saying. That Jesus came, that God came in the flesh in Christ. So, so it's not a mean, angry statement. It is actually a clear statement. Here's how to connect with God. Jesus made the statement, I am the way and the truth and the life. Acts chapter three, verse 15 says, you killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses of this, the author of life. So as Jesus is talking about who he is and as we understand who he is, that, that Christianity is not just a set of ideas, even though there are ideas that come from the teachings of Jesus, that our faith is in Christ himself. Not just here's the ideas of Christianity. No, it's, it's, it's Christ, the virgin birth and the death, burial and resurrection of Jesus, that our faith is in him, our, our trust is in him. We're putting our trust in the person of God through Jesus, not just my ideas are better than your ideas because we can just argue forever about ideas and concepts. But the, God came himself to save us, came to be our rescuer, came to bring us into relationship with God. So he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, the way, the, the path we are going down. The truth, that we would be submitted to the truth of God. The life that we would live in constant personal connection with God. So the way where we're going, the truth, what we're knowing, and then life, the way we are living. And all of these things are found again in Christ. That Christ is the manifestation of God coming to the earth. That the mystery is no longer well, what is God truly like? Well, Jesus is showing us what God is like. 
And then through Jesus coming to the earth, this, this offer, this gift of a relationship with him is given. So let's look at these three things this morning. The first one, the way. You know, before Christianity was called Christianity, that people who were followers of Jesus, it was called the way, the way of Christ. We, we see this in the book of Acts. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12 says this, says this. There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way of death. Now, can we all be honest this morning and testify that this is true? That there are some ways in our past, we, this, was a, this is a really good way to go. And, and you made a choice, you walked down a path, you spent some money, you did some things, and it's like, this seemed like the right way. And then in the end, it just, man, that wasn't the right way. Does anyone have a few regrets about their past? <laughs> and we could look at some of those ways of our lives and be sad and, and, and you know, live in regret. God doesn't want us to live in regret. But instead of doing that, instead of realizing that my, I'm just, some of the choices that I'm going to choose on my own aren't going to be the right way, that we would actually involve God in the ways that we choose. Proverbs 16, very uh, similar idea to what we just read. Verse 24 and 25 says this, gracious words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the body. There is a way that seems right to a man, but it its end is the way of death. So we don't want to choose the road or the pathway of death. We don't walk, want to walk down the ways of the enemy. But verse 24 gives us a clue, a way not to do that is gracious words are like honeycomb. That God actually has his word for us, his truth for us, so that we would walk in his ways, not just my ways. Not just my own dreams or my own thoughts or the knowledge I have at this moment. And we, if, we're, if we're humble enough, we, we know that the knowledge that we have at this moment is not sufficient. The people have trained us in some things and we know uh, not to walk out in the street when traffic is there. And we have some basic ways of living that would keep us generally safe that we can be alive and remain alive. But these deeper decisions that we have, the paths that I'm going to walk down, the future that God has for me, I want to walk in consultation with God in his gracious words. Jesus said, I am the way. Proverbs chapter three, verse five says this, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own, your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Don't we, don't we like that? Healing to our, our flesh and refreshment to our lives at the very core of who we are. So, so what are we gonna do? Verse six, in all our ways that we acknowledge God and he will make our paths straight. Acknowledging God not just in our, our pride and hubris thinking, I got this, God. I, I, this decision I got on my own. Know that I would acknowledge God, that I would choose and slow down and I would pause to think, am I involving God in this moment? The decisions that I'm making right now, the words that I'm about to say, the choices that I'm about to make, 
the actions that I'm about to do? Am I acknowledging God in this moment? Because the scripture says, in all of our ways, not just a few, not just the tiny ones, not just the big ones, that in all of our ways, we would acknowledge God and he would make our path straight. Choosing the ways of God. Matthew chapter seven, verse 12 says this. So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. Now, does anyone know what this is called? This is called the golden rule. In other words, this is something that Jesus is telling us to choose a way to live our lives. That we would do to others what we would want them to do to us. For this sums up the law and the prophets. In other words, the whole Old Covenant, the whole Old Testament is summed up in this idea. Do to other people, not not just think, not just talk, but to do to other people what you would want them to do to you. Now listen, he continues to describe this. Verse 13, enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life. And only a few find it. Talking about our actions and and what we would do. And then he describes this as a way of life. Wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. Now, can, can you think of about 10 ways where you could destroy your life. Just think for a second, just, just commiserate with your own thoughts momentarily. Could you think of some ways that you could destroy your life? Married people, can, can you think of some ways for you to destroy your marriage? Do I need to describe them to you? There's some ways for you to destroy your marriage, right? How about constant mean, angry words. Would that destroy your marriage? Yeah, it would destroy your marriage. And you could think of some other ways, right? And this is the broad way. This is, this is the way of life that many people choose. It's just easy to destroy your life. It's just easy to make a bunch of choices today to just destroy your life. It's the broad way. And this is the way that leads to destruction. But he says, and many enter to it. I don't want to do that. I don't know about you. But small is the gate. And narrow is the way that leads to life. Now, these two verses are actually related to each other. These two thoughts, the golden rule, how we act and what we do, and discovering life, the narrow way that we would actually choose to act towards others how we want them to act towards us, not how they act towards us. Has anyone ever been mean or hateful to you? And so what is your natural reaction in that moment? Revenge. Has anyone ever felt the feelings of revenge? Has anyone ever planned somebody else's death and didn't act on it? to go full extreme here in the moment. That you got hurt so bad, you were just like, I'm gonna watch a true crime show right now. <laughs> and this is, our, this is the reaction of our flesh. 
Because this is the broad way. This is the easy way. Revenge. Get back. Somebody hurts me, I'm going to hurt them. But the narrow road is to not ask, how is everybody treating me? The golden rule tells us, Jesus is telling us, the narrow road is to choose to act towards others how you would want them to. That everybody would act loving to you and say nice words to you and encourage you and be your friend and be there in difficult times and show up where nobody else would. That's the narrow road. But that narrow road brings us life. And that is the way for us to live. This is the way that Jesus wants us to live. And this is what Jesus did. He would forgive and he would serve people who nobody else would serve. And he would love people who nobody else would love following the way of Jesus. Number two, the truth. Truth is that which reflects reality. Wouldn't it be nice to have agenda-free facts about reality? Have you ever looked at a news story and you're like, is that really true? I'm not sure if that's true. I mean, we could like the information that we hear, maybe in the political realm, is something that the political party that we're choosing, something that is in our favor. I just want to believe this, but I don't know if it's true. Or if it's against the political party that we are following and then something comes against us, like, I don't want to believe that. Agenda-free facts about reality. We're struggling in this area in 2022, right? We watch a news report and we're like, I don't know. I feel like there might be an agenda there. I'm trying to figure it out. I'm trying to get to reality. Truth is that which reflects Reality. Now, when we think about truth from the word of God, God's integrity is on display in Jesus. The truthfulness of who God is is shown to us in Christ. The truth of who God is is revealed in Christ. And then the truth from the word of God helps us to engage with reality. See, when we go to the word of God, this is what the word of God is here for us. It's it's supposed to help us to engage in real life. We look at the stories, we, we understand what the story is about. And then that is the teaching for us. And some of the stories that we read are things to avoid. When we read the story of people doing stupid stuff in the scripture, that's not an instruction manual. That is something to avoid. And so the truth of the word of God is helping us engage in our lives, in our homes and on the job. This truth is giving us instructions. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth. So as we look at the teachings of Jesus, the teachings of the scripture, Jesus' life, it instructs us how to live our lives. Second John chapter one, verse one says this. The elder to the elect lady and her children, whom I love in truth. And not only I, but also who know the truth. Because the truth abides in us and will be be with us forever. Grace 
mercy, and peace will be with us from God the Father and from Jesus Christ, the Father's Son, in truth and love. I rejoice greatly to find some of you, some of your children walking in the truth, just as we were commanded by the Father. Now, if we go back to verse 2, says, because the truth that abides in us will be forever. Now, this is not the same as, as people say today, you know, you have your truth and I have my truth. This is not describing that because that's not actually a true statement. And we, we both can have two different versions of the truth. But the truth being described here that abides in us, that be with us forever, has to do with Jesus Christ, that he is truth that he is with us forever. And we see this here in verse three, grace, mercy, and peace with us all from Father, from the Father and from Jesus Christ. Not, not my truth that I would make up, but truth that is given to me by God, that I would understand about true reality from a relationship with Jesus. And then we can walk in this. The, the, the writer is saying, I rejoice greatly that you were walking in the truth. So the truth is an atmosphere that we can walk in as opposed to lies. Now, can you remember a time in your life where you were caught in a lie? It's, it's not a fun memory to recollect, but let, let me try to make a positive spin on it this morning, your lying ways. Have you ever, <laughs> have you ever had to plan a surprise party for somebody? And then you just had to lie to get to the celebration. So you were lying for a good cause, but your conscience was still bothering you, but you're like, yeah, but it's for a good reason. What's the problem with lying? Because you're, you're talking to this person, you're trying to get them to a place and you're trying to give up, you're trying to give them some made up reason. And then eventually they ask a question about the stupid thing you said. And then you're trying to remember your lie about why you were getting them to the party and you gave up, you know, some stupid reason. You just want to tell them the truth. It's your birthday. We want to celebrate. You just come to the party. Stop asking questions. <laughs> What's happening in that moment is that our conscience is tormenting us. That when we lie, this is the problem with lying is that we have to remember something that's not reality. And it's such a healthier way to live. Just not lying, just telling the truth and you don't have to remember the lies. And when you did tell a lie, you were, you were tormented. But God doesn't want us to walk in lies. He wants us to walk in the truth. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 19 says, truthful lips endure forever, but a lying tongue is but for a moment. The truth lasts. First Peter Chapter 1, 22 says this, having purified your souls by your obedience to the truth for a sincere brotherly love, love one another earnestly from a pure heart since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and abiding word of God. So what does the word of God here do in verse 22? We're obedient to the truth and then we're gonna have love for each other. That the truth actually has a practicality for us. Following the truth of God, loving each other, showing up in our homes, and we need loving homes. Are you here this morning? We need loving homes where we say, I love you to each other. 
and we hug each other. Are you here this morning? Listen, if your parents didn't hug you or love you, don't perpetuate that problem. Your kids need love and appreciation from you, their parents. Hug them and kiss them, and then when they're teenagers, still do it. Gonna make them stand there? Take this love, child, even if you don't want it. (laughs) But this is what the truth of God's word sends us to, loving each other. And then here's something else the truth does for us. Psalm 145, 18 says this, the Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him and truth. This this thought, this idea will take us here to the end of the message. Truth, just being genuine. I love this phrase, the Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. Not just with the game, not just to test him, but just a genuine heart that I'm calling on God. Because the reality is we all need God. And then he is close to us. And then this is where true, genuine life is found in this relationship with God. This leads us to our last point, the way, the truth, and the life. So when Jesus is talking about life, he's not just talking about life and after judgment day and the new heavens and the new earth. And he's not just talking about the source of life, that we are animated to live lives, that we're alive. He's not just talking about life like that, that that I'm alive and living and breathing, which is an amazing thing to think about. The the animating force that God has set out in the world and, and that we can live and animals can live. He's not just talking about that type of life. And not just existing, but life as it's designed to be lived. And we've already got a hint of it, a little bit in these verses that we've read. That what is the narrow road that that we're choosing to act towards others? How we would want them to act towards us. That's life. Life as it's designed to be lived. Not just breathing, not just taking up space. And then eternal life that we see over and over again in the teachings of Jesus is not just a quantity of life, but it is actually a quality of life. Eternal life is this quality of life in connection with God on a daily basis, every moment. This is what eternal life is. First John chapter five, verse 11 says this. And this is a testimony that God gave us eternal life. And this life is in his son. This quality of life, not just quantity of life, this quality of life is found in Jesus, not not just a set of ideas, not just my ideas that are are better than your ideas, or my, I, I can argue my ideas better than you can argue your ideas. It's not just a set of ideas. That eternal life is actually found in Christ. Whoever has the son has life. 
Whoever does not have the Son does not have life. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. So this fact that we've already made the choice to follow Jesus, or if you haven't made the choice to follow Jesus, we're gonna talk about that here in a second, that we have life in Jesus. What kind of life? Eternal life. The life that Jesus offers because he's the way and he's the truth and he's the life. John 17, some of my favorite verses in the whole scripture. John 17 verse two says this. Since you have given him authority over all flesh, give eternal life to all whom you have given him. And this is eternal life. Don't we wanna know what eternal life is? That they would know you. Not just know about you, not just hear the story of Christmas, just not to know about the origin story of why we give gifts and why Santa wears red and white. All fun things to know. But the origin story, the reason why we're celebrating what we're celebrating is that we can actually know God for ourselves that we can be in relationship with God just like we are in relationship with our friends, with our spouse. Those close, loving relationships that we have that are indispensable to our lives, this is the relationship that God is calling us all into, that we would just actually know Him, not just know about Him, but we would know Him. That they would know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent, that we can know Jesus. And because of the, the constant presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives, that we can always be talking to him and he can always be talking to us. And he can always be encouraging us and he can always be lifting us up and he can always be telling us to choose faith in himself. That he is always with us. And this is what eternal life is all about, that we would actually know God through Jesus. And this is the invitation for all of us. Like we read there in the epistle of John, it's like, hey, those of you that already believe, you need to know this. And then for those of us maybe in the room today or watching online who don't know Jesus, you can know him too. This is the invitation to eternal life. This is the way to connect with God. You, you don't need another way. You don't need more options. God came in Christ so that we could actually know God. And this is eternal life. The way Jesus does not simply teach the way or point the way, he is the way. The truth, Jesus proclaimed the truth and then embodied it in his life. Life, he walked in constant connection with his father. And all of these are given as a gift to us in Christ. And we can walk these things out in our lives. Let's just pray today. Father, we love you today. We're so thankful for Jesus that you sent him 
to the earth. And, and we are celebrating that, the gift of your son in this season. And amidst all of the traditions and celebrations and all of the things that we're doing in and around the season, Lord, we don't wanna lose out on the main thing, this eternal life that you have given to us and are offering to all today. God, we want the life, the eternal life, this quality of life, of being connected with you. God, we wanna walk in the truth of your word to help us to live our lives and we wanna walk in your ways that we would choose to act towards others how we want them to act to us. God, we just love you so much today. We're so thankful for your word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hey, if you are here this morning or you're watching us online today and you have never said yes to Jesus, never taken that first step, we we can see here as we just read that It is God's desire for us to be in a relationship with him, to know him. It's not inaccessible. And everybody needs a starting place with God. The good news, the gospel story, Jesus came to the earth, born of a virgin, died on a cross. God raised him from the dead. And because all of that has happened already, all we have to do is say yes to the gift of a relationship with God, a gift to his righteousness. Righteousness just means right standing with God. So I'm gonna pray a prayer here in a second. And if you have never said yes to Jesus, I invite you to pray along with me. Or if you're here this morning, you know what used to be close to God and you kind of don't feel so close to him this morning, this invitation of eternal life is still available to you. You know, God is not mad at you this morning for drifting away from him. He invites you close to himself again, back on the journey. You pray with me as well. So church, let's all bow our head and close our eyes. Praying with somebody who might be praying this for the first time or rededicating their life to Christ. God, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you that he was born of a virgin. He lived a sinless life. He died on the cross and you raised him from the dead so I could know you, that I could have this eternal life. So God, I call you my father. Jesus, I call you my Lord. God, I purpose to follow after your ways and I turn from my own. I thank you for salvation today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Come on, let's celebrate those who may have made that decision for the first time this morning. We're so excited for you. One of the best decisions you'll make in your whole life. And so if that was you, if you made a decision to follow Christ for the first time, or you rededicated your life this morning, we just want to encourage you to fill out the connect card in the seat pocket in front of you. You can take that connect card and um, turn it into the info desk. Uh, There we'll have a team who will greet you with a big smile and they'll be ready to give you any resources and answer any questions that you might have as you start this new journey of faith. Are you excited that you came to church this morning? Awesome. Um, But before I dismiss you, I have to call our lead pastor, Pastor Brent, back up to the stage. 
did not know this was happening. It is his birthday tomorrow. Come on. I'm going to get talked to you in our meeting tomorrow. Hey, it's his birthday tomorrow, and so we wanted to honor him. Shall we sing happy birthday together? I am not singing in the key that Esteban is playing in because it's going to be too high. Here we go. Happy birthday to you. Woo! Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Pastor Brent. Happy birthday to you. (laughs) Happy birthday. We love you. He's going to run away now. Hey, you can stay standing, actually. If you came to church this morning hoping for someone to pray with you or for you, some of our leaders are making their way down to the stage right now. Feel free to come up to them right after service is dismissed. They'd be more than happy to pray with you and agree for anything that you're believing for. And I have a couple of reminders as well here, all right? Just a reminder, if you're a young adult in the room, ages 18 to 35, we have a Christmas party happening today after the 11 a.m. service. It starts at 2 p.m. upstairs in our lounge. We have some good eats, good people, good times. So come on out for that. We also just want to remind you uh, to grab the love offering envelopes just to honor our pastors. Those are right outside of the main auditorium doors. All right. And in the lobby, we have some hot chocolate. We have some carolers waiting to sing for you. So make sure you grab a cup of hot chocolate and enjoy some Christmas fun in the lobby. But we will see you next Sunday at 9 a.m. or 11 a.m. as we continue to celebrate Christmas here at the City Church. We love you. Have a great week.